Hello, Jacqueline Machard. Hello, Adriana Trijani. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy always to talk to you anytime, anywhere on planet Earth. Me too, I think too, that you're the most always. hilarious author I know. Ditto. Me I mean, the people when we were recently at UMass Dartmouth's um, book and author luncheon that they have every year, and you had them roaring, rolling in the aisles, telling stories about hey, your that mom. Was some good. That was some good chicken salad there. I do not that eat meat. That was some good chicken salad. So, That's right. You're you know, a vegetarian. I keep forgetting this. Oy. Let me. What did you eat that there? There was nothing for you to eat. No, there was all kinds of cucumber sandwiches and stuff, cultured food. Oh, yeah. Let me say right, this right. about that, though. Uh, we, we are supposed to be talking about books, but let me talk about meat eating for just a moment. The other night, my husband and I went out to dinner at a place on Cape Cod, and one of the things on their menu was elk. Okay? So Mm -hmm. I said to myself, I'm going to try this because only two times, this was one, only one other time in more than 50 years have I eaten meat, and the other time was venison too, and I ate some of the elk. And it was really good. And I had three bites of it. And then I came home and I emailed some of my kids and said, I just ate elk. And they said, oh, we don't care. And But then I was sick all night. And so I believe that the little buddies in my stomach that were there to digest meat no longer are with me. No, you don't have those enzymes because they say when you stop eating it, those enzymes disappear somehow over time. How did I never know this? How do you know it and I, I don't know it? And I'm I know it and I'm not a vegetarian. I, I don't eat a lot of meat, but no? sometimes I do have it. But I, I, I'm not going to eat anything that's on a Christmas card. <laughs> You're not going to eat like reindeer? No, I'm not going to have any of that. I, I'm just not interested. If you I, eat I don't meat, need that what is it? What do you like? A hamburger. Oh, okay. So a not hamburger or steak. Not necessarily. I sausage. have chicken sometimes, and I do love fish. I really, actually, my favorite diet is is my ancestors, the Mediterranean. So I'm Italian, pesca. both sides, and yeah. I, that's what I'm into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like pesca. Um, <laughs> I quit doing that too, only because, you know, I'm getting old now, and I decided that I want to be as hard on myself as I possibly can. Well. I, was I mean, still, I, whatever that's what makes you feel says good. When I say that. You know, I don't believe that. It's uh, true. You, you, I well, want to hold okay, myself you to feel strict it's, standards. Speaking well, of you which, you become a Catholic. You can become a Catholic yeah. and hold yourself to strict standards. I am a Catholic. Okay, okay. I, I was going there. I, I set you up, and then you just gave me the dig. I am too. I am yeah. too. But if okay. you want some standards, they've got some good ones. Tell me, yes, and all kinds of guilt. That's why I write about guilt uh, all the time. And, and you're a beautiful, you're a beautiful writer, and you write luscious family stories. And your current novel, the ones that's coming out next year, the, okay, you changed the title, so I have to look at it. A very inconvenient scandal. I, I did like not the change the title. title. Well, somebody did. You didn't. Who did? The okay, publisher well, did. Let's not hold. 
Let's not hold a grudge. I, I don't. Uh, I don't. It's I'm also a good hopeful. title. Well, I read it under the other title, and it doesn't change the book, but you have a way of blending the emotionality of real life on a fantastical journey. That's what I loved about it. I thought it was beautiful. Let me say, when we were, we're going to sound like, like, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. But um, okay, and no one who's no one who's going to listen to this is going to even know who they are. Maybe Frank Sinatra, mm -hmm. but uh, that you write with humor and empathy about some of the most terrible things. I mean, mm -hmm. about war and people who are mm -hmm. uh, in oppressed situations, and yet there is this abiding sympathy and tenderness for the human spirit and for people feeling love for each other and being caught up in the grace notes of life, even under the most terrible circumstances. Well, that's so beautiful, Jackie. I mean, I, I, uh, I, that's the nicest thing anybody ever said to me about my work. I mean, I, 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 and it's true. I mean, you know, I love doing this because, first of all, to me, the process is sacrosanct. I love the process. I'm from a big family, and writing gives you an excuse to be by yourself for endless hours, huh. which I really appreciate. And then um, somebody's knocking on my window, honestly. I can't believe that. I, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's probably a... Who a, is this guy? It's a woodpecker. Or, all right, it's... it's and now, and it's now the dog's barking. Tells, right? He's here. No, but hang hang on. I just have to do this really quick. Unbelievable. I've never had anyone leave. Terrible. Literally Can leave. Can you grab a copy? She is irrepressible. So let's see. What shall she I talk no about? Idea. She has no idea. There's no way for me to do this except to get up and take care of it. I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. So was they can, it, they can squeeze that together. Or was it a dear friend? Or yes, it, it is. It, it is. No, no, no. It's, it's a delivery should have put the shade down. Anyway, so um, so where were we? I'm sorry. We were talking about why you love doing this. Okay. Writing. I love doing this because, well, I love doing it because, well, first of all, I'm a reader and I love reading. Um, so I started out that way. And then it really, it, it segued into writing almost naturally. Oh, almost like How I understood it. I understood. How much like well because well because I've been for five years doing that show. The truth is, before that, I would only read if somebody asked me for an endorsement or really? for the purposes of my yeah. writing. Right? Yeah. I didn't read anything, uh, and so I was very behind. You know, like the goldfinch is half read. I just I had I'm raising my daughter. My daughter's now in college. You know that drill, and I just said any time I had was with my family. I did my family and the books and the travel that goes with the books. That's what I did. Yes, I direct movies and I do all of that, but I would segment it. I would segment those times. I would turn in a book, then I would go direct and prep a movie. And I've done three of them. Well, four if you count my documentary, which I count as a feature length. I count it. So yeah. I, I count it. 
and it breaks yeah. it breaks up my work because being in the chair, as you know, is grueling. So that's sort of how I view the world. Like I get everything done, but my my mother said this to me, and she was so smart. She said, "Do everything you want to do in this life, but your family comes first. So that's how I've rolled. So have you? Well, yeah, I have. So have you? And if I think of writing right. as maybe the third most or fifth most important thing in my life, right? Because it comes after mm-hmm. my, you know, my family, my children, and my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, I would say, my friends and siblings after that, you know, because they hold a big um, space in my heart and in my mind. It, it must be pretty important to me, given how much I devote to it. I don't write a book a year, but close. I mean, every year and a half or two. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it, it does take, but the thing is, you said you love it. Now, I do not love it. That's so I love it. Because I can't tell that you don't love it. Okay, but I don't love it. I mean, in this way, it's very difficult for me. Writing is very difficult for me because I'm a perfectionist. And I can't go on to the second sentence until the first sentence is perfect. And I can't go on to the third sentence until the second sentence is perfect. I'm not one of those people, my agent is always telling me, just set it down and then you can go back and review. I can't do that. I have to do it. Every time he says that, I think, would you say that if I was building a church? Like just, you know, don't worry. Put the put the stained glass windows in. Don't worry about the foundation. It'll all hang together. I I really cannot just get the shape of it and then go back and work on it. How do you do that? Well, when I say I love it, it's like loving anyone. It's not easy, but it's worth it to me. Well, it's really hard then I work. Understand. Okay, that now we're on the same. We're exactly right. in the same. Right. We're sitting in the same porch swing now. Okay, so I wish we well, were. I would. I know, it'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? I, and I we have like it would be so in. much fun. But you're in. A, you're in a very gothic, romantic place. I love it up there. I think you're in a great place. Um, up there on Cape Cod on the coast. It is Ooh, very weathering. So atmospheric. It's no, like the no North. It, yeah, it's like the North Sea. It's like the North Sea of England. I just it is. The North Atlantic is mighty and uncaring. It's like the inside of a clam. Gray and salty and wild. Yeah. 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 So so I would say that that my work I can't even rank stuff in my life. I just try to love everything with a kind of a zeal because I don't know how else to do it. I don't know how else to do it. The other day when I was at the event with you, you gave such a beautiful, you did such a beautiful talk, and so so did Sarah Paretsky, who, by the way, I lost on the train. <laughs> I got off the train, and I never found her again. I, so I, te- I emailed, I texted her that. I think I texted her the next morning. I just said, hey, you know, I lost you on the train. She was sitting behind me, but she got off the train. I was oh, asleep. Oh, okay. And thank God a woman nudged me and said, are you getting off in New York? And I went, Oh my God! Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, but she had a lot with her and stuff, and so whatever. She was very nice. But yeah. anyway, uh, you know, I was getting off that train and 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 thinking, you gave such a gorgeous talk there, 
And I, and I think That's that I, at some point during that talk, I talked about what we're talking about today a little bit about the process of how you do it. And I, I, I always wonder what, why people want to know that. Do they want to know it so they can do the process, or do, are they just fundamentally interested in how there was nothing and now there's something, but this is art, you see. I don't, I don't care what form it is. I always wonder that, too. I wonder, I have yeah. come to realize, going here and there, that everybody wants to be a writer, without exception. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, unless there are some uh, other Hey, form. Jackie. Yeah. Jackie, I hate to tell you, now everybody is. 2.8 million books were published in the United States last year, self-published. Yeah, I know. And about and a million by the five major publishers. But I think this is fantastic. I it don't just know means how we're I evolving. It. Oh, I feel great about it. I think it's, 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 it's delicious because it means that we're connecting to the written word. And the more we do that, the more we read. And to me, oh, you just, you asked me how much stuff I read a week. I don't even want to tell you because I'm a very facile, fast reader and I have a podcast and I have a show. And so I read a lot. Like when you sent me your book, I dropped, tucked and rolled and read it. You needed an endorsement. I'm here to serve. I was thrilled to do it because I adore you. So I read a lot, but that's, there, there's the stuff I read for what I call work mm -hmm. and which is wonderful stuff. And then there's the stuff I read because this house is full of books and I read them. I read a lot of old stuff. Like I'm reading the Divine Comedy right now because I'm writing Get comedy. Get out of here. On purpose? And I, on purpose. Now, see, and I, I love would it. never do that. Oh, God. Well, first of all, that guy wrote about the afterlife and I'm quite interested in that, aren't you? Well, I am. I don't believe in anything. I want to tell you that I am a Catholic. Well, what happened? I thought you were Catholic. I, I thought did. you were Catholic. Well, not... If you interview Jackie, let me ask you a question. When you're let me ask you a question. When you're buried, are you going to bury with nothing? Or are you going to be buried Catholic? Will the priest oh, I don't come know. over? And, I mean, know? I won't be making that decision. Um, I don't know. I I will say that I love the mass. I love the mm -hmm. funeral service, especially although the Anglican funeral service is better. Okay, have you oh. ever been to a Church okay. of England funeral? I have been. I, I have been to the Church of England. People, I mean, there's not a no. Dry the best funerals to me. What? Well, that's true. They they the, even the Catholics Spirit. do pretty well with that. I I like the Jew, I like the Jewish uh, funerals. I think I beautiful. love those also. I love those also. Yeah. I love the. They're emphasis. all good. Now, but see, Jews don't believe in the afterlife, or at least they don't. They're very very. Um, what do I want to say? Uh, skeptical. Jackie, we have to call, Jackie, we have to call a rabbi because uh, I don't think right that's now? true. They don't, they don't envision it. <laughs> they don't envision <laughs> it in my, one of my favorite things is that in the Bible is that when you go, it's that, it's the, it's the mansion with many rooms or the house right. with many rooms. I'm misquoting it, but, um, maybe they don't ascribe to that or I don't know if they that. believe in the survival but they believe the in the intact. eternal soul yeah I think they believe in the eternal soul but I mean that's all we really got that you go there and you know you get a good car and there and you know the streets are paved with gold so you don't want to drive the car I'm writing oh, about this I'm, a character in the novel that I'm writing right now is a sort of nefarious 
fundamentalist TV evangelist, uh-huh. as if there were a Fine. non-nefarious kind, I suppose. I mean, it's almost unfair. I thought about it. It's almost unfair to kick that dog again. But I'm writing about it. And he, he preaches the gospel of prosperity. He preaches that the more you tithe, the more you know God will smile upon you. And I just, I, there are just so many different ways to prosecute belief. If I believe, it's the way Emerson did. You know, Emerson mm-hmm. believed. I love the that, transcendentalists. I think you're right. Right. He believed that that there was as much of God in a piece of New England granite as in the his wife's face. And he lived that way, as if everything around him was holy. That's beautiful. Do you remember that? Um, I, love the, I love those transcendentalists. I love them. I, I was so obsessed with Walden when I was in high school. Oh, I just would quote. Here's my favorite quote from Walden. And I changed it to a girl because, of course, everything's written for guys. Right. If one advances confidently in the direction of her dreams and endeavors to live the life which she has imagined for herself, she will meet with success unexpected in common hours. That's breathtaking. I'm so okay. glad you shared now, th- that. That's breathtaking. And I'm going to I'm going to lead it into you. I my happen- favorite part. Yeah, about- but I have to. You know, okay, that's right ahead, near my. That's not far from my house, Walden Pond. Right? And the little... I I, I canoed that river. I canoed it. Really? That haunted river where, you know, filled with dead bodies? I loved it. I don't care. What are they going to do? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's under there. But it was beautiful the day I I was there with my then boyfriend. (laughs) Really? Famously... My then boyfriend, um, now my husband. um, Who is it? Emerson, Thoreau, and the other guy. Not Emerson. Thoreau, Emerson, the Alcotts. Uh, yes. The other transcendentalists. No, I'm thinking of, um, oh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. They, oh, yeah. They pulled okay. the body of a girl who suicided in that river out of the river near the, the rude bridge that arched the flood, the bridge in Concord. Uh, she apparently went up to that bridge and ended her life. She was a school teacher in the community. And someone done her wrong, and she took mm. the hard way out. Uh, but that whole area, to me, I was talking him when I get, made that talk about authors believing in ghosts. No one believed in that more than those guys, mm-hmm. than Hawthorne, obviously, and other people right. who were in that sort of, that when you walk into Concord, you can just feel the ghosts crowding around you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it's so atmospheric there. And it so is. full of history. And I, I love that you're there, and now I'm understanding it, that you're not there by accident. You're there because you have something to learn and do and write about there, which is what you're doing. But I want to get to this point about that quote. I, I live by it because it, it says it all to me. It's like, it basically says, you know, you want to climb that mountain pick step. There's not going to be a magic wand that hits you. You just, you just keep moving and you keep working. And I promise you that success awaits you in common hours in the ordinary. Okay. So, so, so to you, something happened to you 
that to me is like getting hit with a magic wand. Much deserved, but you were the first Oprah pick. And the power of that cannot be underestimated. She's 103 books in, and you'll always be the first one, right? And that to me, Jackie, and, and you tell the funny story about you didn't pick up the phone. You thought you, you were being pranked. Right. I mean, it's hysterical when you, when you, but let's not tell that story. Because, no, no, no. Because I want no. you to save that when you're live because it's hilarious. I want, I want you now in the perspective of somebody that's gone on to write many, many, many more novels and is one of our preeminent novelists in America today. I want you to tell us what that meant. And was it a blessing, a curse, a combo platter, maybe a little complete blessing with a little dash of vinegar on it because it's tough to live up to? But tell us about that. It was it was a complete blessing with no vinegar. It was a complete blessing with sugar mm-hmm. on top. It was practically perfect and lots and lots of fun. I love it. it mm-hmm. And you know the thing that people don't realize, Adria, is that... There was no Oprah Winfrey book club, so there was no expectation. My publisher, the the publicist said to me, now don't really, don't put a lot of stock in this because people who watch daytime television and people who read, those are different populations. So don't really think that it's going to have a huge effect on this book. And I told you by the night that, the first night, there were 4,000 holds on the book at the New York Public Library, and it just went on from there. And it showed a lot of people exactly who was reading. And let me just tell you a tiny thing about that. I went to a pizza place mm, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of weeks after I was on Oprah Winfrey, and there was a girl there. She was beautiful. Uh, Hispanic or maybe Italian girl, long, dark hair. Um, And she had a little baby. Baby couldn't have been more than a month old in a front pack as she was waiting in line. And I, being the evil witch that I am, um, was thinking about my own daughters and thinking, well, here's someone who, you know, uh, made some bad choices. And the bad choices... uh, ended here and it she was reading in line and it turned she turned around she was reading the deep end of the ocean and I thought well she may have made some bad choices but at least she has good taste (laughs) and that may that's hilarious (laughs) what a witness you know I mean well I remember can I tell you this to me life is constantly jerking me under the chin and saying come on lady Sort yourself out. I remember reading it. I remember reading your novel at Oprah's recommendation. This is my dog coughing, like, by the way. What? That's okay. That's yeah. No, don't worry, anybody. It's just a little cough. He'll be yeah. fine, or she'll be fine. Uh, but I remember reading it at the time, and I'm still haunted by that novel because it was the turns in it are so surprising to me. It was. It was. Um, literary commercial women's all the big banner fictions with suspense which i think is the heart i think foreboding and suspense are tough that's what i wanted to talk to you about you achieve that in your stories Mm -hmm. and yet they are definitely redolent of a certain place 
they are they are in place and it is I don't know how to say this delicately, so I'll just say it in a Jackie way. It is not a place that people imagine that there would be an enormous amount of romance and intrigue, and mm. um, you inhabit uh, Appalachia with mm-hmm. a, we were talking about, with a sort of Bronte. Listen, I've gotten some crap for it. I've gotten know, crap for it, I but know. you know what? They can kiss my Italian-American ass because I'm going to say this. My <laughs> Italian-American Appalachian ass. Let me put mad because I'm so proud to be Appalachian. I'll tell you what. I know you There's no one way. You know, there's no one way to tell a story. So it, whatever you pick up from my neck of the woods, whether it's Lee Smith, Silas House, uh, Ron Rash, uh, Rita Dove's Poetry, the great Barbara King solver. I don't right. know about you, but I she was she I had dinner with her the other night and I said, Barbara, I said, I tell you this every time I see you, you're the best we got. You're the best we she got. Is. She is very humble. I think she just won the Pulitzer for Demon Copperhead. She wrote Lee County as it is. Yeah. As it is. Yeah. And I you know, I get slammed because they say, Well, you're more romantic. What do you mean me. you get I'm slammed really. in the sense of what? I go uh uh I don't mind. Because when you write a book, it's open hunting season. I don't. It doesn't keep me up at night. Here's what I tell myself when I go to bed at night: You're spending every moment of your life the way you want to spend it. That's a gift. Don't you ever, ever be ungrateful, yeah. and don't you ever, ever, you know. Listen, I'm pushy. I'm pushy. I push for you. I push for. I push for everybody. I do too. I push I, for I, other I, authors. I, I, I know you do, but that's in us because we were raised that way, and I'm going to do it till my dying breath because I think it's really important. You never know what's in a book that's going to change you or the way you look at the world. So back to the fact that I'm, yeah, because I believe in the Appalachian people. I'm proud to be one. I don't like the stereotypes, and I'd like to point this out. Appalachia is America's rainforest, and from it came every tradition that matters in, in the eternal artistic arc, music, dance, dance, all manner of literature, writing, poetry, right? Dramatization and theater. Oh, I could keep going. And we keep reinventing it. We keep reinventing it in Appalachia. It is truly our artistic rainforest and so much more. Do you, have a, do reason, you have a home there but For now? some reason, we get slammed. Do you have um, a home I there? I don't. I do not anymore. My mom passed away, but I would not take it off the table. Yeah, I wouldn't about take it doing off the that. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask someday, you. But I, I go I home said, and I can stay with my friend's mom, so I just don't even feel like I don't have a home there. I'm I'm welcome there. I am too in the I Midwest. Sometimes I miss the Midwest. Yeah. I sometimes miss that. What um, you know? Who? Uh, what's his name? He has that column called head butler jesse um mm-hmm. i can't think of his last name right now the guy is it are you talking about the newspaper the chicago sun times no i'm talking about the books column that um anyway, oh i'll oh, think of uh, it. yeah oh okay um, all right he he says that midwestern authors have a broad streak of midwestern decency in their stories. And sometimes I think that that is true, that there are certain covenants that, and there's a studs thing, hard work. That's, 
Mm-hmm. They involve hard yeah, work. They involve family mm-hmm. loyalty. They involve right. um, going the extra distance uh, and mm-hmm. not complaining about it. There is yeah. something uniquely Midwestern about some stories, and I think that goes back even to like Thornton Wilder. You're right. You're right. There's a whole tradition there. And then I would throw that Studs Terkel in there, and I would oh, throw sure. in Mike Royko. I, it, when you go up, you know, uh, my mother was from Chisholm, Minnesota on the Iron Range. Okay, that's that. I do not consider that the Midwest. When I talk Chicago, Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, when you go through those states, Wisconsin for sure. But Wisconsin to me starts to get, don't anybody yell at me. It's a, it feels European to me, Wisconsin with the lakes. It just oh, does. Okay. European. Yeah. Do you know it what I mean? It looks like Germany Where Chicago, remember the Carl Sandburg poem, The People, Yes? Of that course. to me is the Midwest. That's, that to me is the Midwest in a styrofoam case that you've taken for takeout. That's the Midwest, that poem. And right. I love it. But what the Midwest gave me going to school in Indiana was this you, you went to Bloomington? sky. I went Bloomington? to St. Mary's at Notre oh, St. Dame. Mary's. Nope. South Bend, Indiana, South Bend. Right. Near Chicago, about an hour right. from Chicago. And I loved it. And, you know, when we would go home, we would go down through Brown County into the Appalachians, right? Through Kentucky, right. a little bit of Tennessee into Southwest Virginia. Oh, to me, everything was exciting. The Midwest is exciting, but it's interesting to me because all your values are in your current novel, but now you're, you're, it's almost like you're, you're building a fire in an old house and you're taking us inside. Now so we're cool, in the Northeast. The way you're saying that. Well, yeah, because you were like, it's like a big expanse into this. Now I'm going to take you, it's going to be interior. I'm going to explain this and the feelings of it. I mean, that's the beauty. We're not, it's not so much we choose places, but we're led to them. I agree. And I also think that as I get older, and this is one thing that I was going to talk to you about, and I want to see. By the way, I'm looking at you and you look like you're 14, so I don't know what you're talking about. You You remember when you said, you know, you you look look really good. Oh, thank you so much. Um, You're a beauty. What do you want from me? I'm going to tell you the truth. From, From someone with a mouth like that? Yes, you're perfect. And curly hair, um, I, that that you're young. You're a good bit younger than I am, and I want to see. I'll check back with you if I'm still around, or else I'll just come across the veil and talk to you about it yeah, in ten years. Send a white feather, or I'll I send will. one to you if I, I will. go first. Um, okay. I'm not that old, anyway. I um, no, but I'm saying you know. I in think 30 as years. we get older, I mean, for me as a writer. The older I get, the more chances I take. You know, John Prine, you remember who John Prine was? He just died of course, in of COVID. Of course. You know, of course. Uh, he he was the friend of my older cousins in Chicago and stuff. He grew up in on the West Side. And he wrote mm-hmm. uh, a line that sticks with me in one of his songs, Old Rivers Run Wilder Every Day. And I think that that's true. I think that that's true of artists. If they're fully engaged, they take more risks with their work. Do you take more risks than you did at the beginning? I think I understand some things 
I'm still learning, but I think I understand some things better. I agree with you. Yeah, I do think I take more risks. What yeah, do and you I think do? Especially as a director, I do. If I have five more dollars, I can take more risks, you know. Yeah. So I do. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know those questions I wrote to you the other night, and it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and you oh, wrote right so, back to me, by you're the way. So, you're so that freaking brilliant. That was so brilliant. funny. Yeah, these are great I said, questions. what the hell are you doing up? Yeah. Um, it well, I went to bed that, at 8 o'clock that night. That's how I got up at 3. Let's see. It, um, what do you... What do I think I do better than anybody? Than anybody. Than anybody? Well, what do you than what do you think else? you do just pretty goddamn? I don't know. Well. What do you think I do better than anybody else? That's a better question. Then I'll tell you what I, I think, think you do. Well, you're going to be surprised else. what I say. I think you write about love honestly better than anyone else. Oh, thank you. I do. That's the most beautiful thing. I do. I mean, that's a treasure to me. It, I, I think. And what do I think you, you do? What do I think you do best? Uh, okay. Oh, wait, you go ahead. You can talk about love for a minute. Wanna... No, I, I, I do think that when you write about human love, it has an authenticity and a lack of showiness and show offiness that is lacking in many. I don't think that people sometimes really understand what love means in words. Does that make mm. sense? Absolutely. I mean, Daphne you know, I've read, I've read a lot of, yeah, oh, she sure did. But, you know, there's a series of things that I won't get into, but I, Daphne du Maurier was published by Random House in the United States, and her editor, her United States editor, was Richard McCormick. I didn't know that. And when I, okay, when I brought my daughter to her school for the first day in kindergarten, there was a little girl named Natalie McCormick that came up to me and she said, my grandfather was Richard McCormick. And I said, Richard McCormick of Random House? Why would she yeah, think my granny, of, oh, because somebody said that, that girl's mommy Somebody is a said writer. she's a writer. Her yeah. mom's a writer. So that was the first and last time it was mentioned, but that's fine with me. Please, I'm just a mother bringing the cupcakes. So there's, so she said, will you meet, I want to, I, yeah, my granny's here. Richard McCormick was married twice. His second wife was much younger. So she was this little girl's grandmother, okay? Still a young woman, Ann McCormick. And Ann McCormick worked in subrights at Random House for, I don't know, right. 40 years. Right. Okay? So she and I had a conversation, and I said, well, I'm working on something, and your husband's name keeps coming up. Your late husband's name keeps coming up. And she said, would you like to read his papers? Holy cow. I said, what? Because the only way you can read them to this day, his papers, is to go up to Columbia. And you have to sit there and read them. I mean, you can't Holy take pictures cow. of them. You can't do anything. I said, well, my dream is to go up to Columbia, you know, and just pack a tent and stay there and read them. And she said, I have the original, and I have them in a box, and I'll give it to you. You take as long as you need. Well, what is the likelihood of that? Well, well, let me tell you. The project that, that in, that's involved in, I haven't done yet. I'm just, and I, and I know I'm flirting with fate here. I got to get it done, and I will. Um, but when you make your living as an artist, you have to do what they want you to do a lot of times, which I'm happy to do, whatever. You learn from everything. But anyway, in it, he talks about editing Daphne du Maurier. 
Oh and I'm God. about to tell you something. He said he never had to. There was no editing to do. That that not only it was typed perfectly by her. She typed her own final manuscripts. There was never a comma out of place, not a quotation mark out of place, nothing. Not a misspelled word, not the wrong use of a verb, a noun or a pronoun. The sentence structure was melodic. And I read that and I went, holy Hannah. It's what you always, it's what I always suspected. Now, you know, I mean, though that, iconic book um i've often i how ma- i don't know how many times i've read it um mm-hmm. and and did you read the uninvited isn't that her did she yes, read the uninvited I think so yes of course yeah, i have yeah yeah i said my grandmother's house i read it there one summer and scared the crap out of me it's mm-hmm. well everything she writes is terrifying i want to write a mm-hmm. book in which um that is a modern envisioning of that. And I know I'll never do this, but I want to write a book in which Mrs. Danvers is her birth mother, is Re- was Rebecca's mother. I mean, Isn't it obvious that of, she was? That's, that's shades of Jean Reese's The Wide Sargasso Sea. So see. Which yeah. was, the, which was the, the sequel or the supposed, you know, to, to Jane Eyre. To Jane Eyre. Uh, you should yeah. do it, about Jackie. You got the goods, about baby. Berta. You got the goods. You need to do it. You need to I do would it. love to do That's that. That's your next one. Yes. Why don't you do it? My next one after the next that. one that I'm writing now. How yeah, many? Okay, you're good. Are you, um, are you, are you already finished with the book that'll come out next year? No. Uh, uh, this one, it's a comedy, and I and I call it a comedy. They're gonna, it ain't gonna be that at the end, but uh, it is a comedy. It's um, right now. I'm in the last phase of editing the first draft. Let me ask you one of those questions. What? And sometimes I turn things in, and they go, "Woohoo, this is perfect." And sometimes I turn it in, and they say, "Can you fix this?" And I go, "Yeah, I can fix." Me too. So sometimes they say we wouldn't, we wouldn't change a word except for these uh, fifteen pages that we're going to change. Um, but and sometimes they say, "Well, we see why you thought that this was a really important idea," and you know when you finish it, it's re- well. Um, what my my editor Maya Zeev cut out. 200 pages of a Winston Churchill story arc in The Good Left Undone. Really? She said, why don't you consider taking that out? And I went, and I thought about it. I, I said, give me, give, me, give me 48 hours to think about it. And I laid down. This was during the pandemic. We were doing everything over Zoom. And I laid down, and I got up, and I said, take it out. Because really? it doesn't matter that leaders are great leaders. It matters that they own their mistakes. And he owned it. And he owned it, and I went. You know what? I don't have to follow this great. You know, I have to follow. I don't have to follow this train to its destination. Other novelists have done it. Good for them. It's beautiful, right? Will you ever do that again? Will you ever have that story in something else, or is it just? Was it just an outtake? No, I had enough of it. Yeah, enough of it. It wasn't Um, an outtake. It was a whole arc that ended in 1955 with Winston Churchill. 
yeah. when he tried to rise to power again. And they, they listen, here's the thing about politics. Ten minutes later, they forgot you were there and you, you saved the world. They don't care. So you've got to do, you have to be in politics like you enter the priesthood or the convent. you got to expect nothing in return. Right. If you're good right. at it. Well, and the the smartest ones do expect nothing in return, mm-hmm. except for the right. the incredible high of, and I know that Joe Biden experiences the incredible high of being the person who has that much power, not power, not power, influence. Influence is different from let, power. Let, let me just, I love that you brought this up for just a second. I want to say this. Yeah. Soon in the United States of America, there will be more people over the age of 50 than there are under it. Very soon. It's almost there. Yeah. This is unprecedented in, in the history of this country. People are working till they drop. Right. Retirement is a word I don't even hear anymore. I mean, if Neither somebody retires, I. it's like when they're 40 because they hit it in a hedge fund. They're not retiring yeah. at 75 or 80. Right. I, I'm quite serious about this. Okay? Me too. So the stories that we're getting are very interesting. Now, you'll remember the great Judith Krantz. I was really lucky. I love her son, Tony, and his wife, Kristen. I love them. And when I was in Los Angeles, we were uh, previewing the Big Stone Gap movie out there. This is now, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years, years ago. Eight or nine years ago. Eight or Hello. nine. And so I... You're, you're gone, visually. I am? No, I'm here. I could see you. Yeah, I know, but I can't see Are you. Sure? you. Oh, I'll Should come we back. say something? So, so, yeah. Go, I think Jen will figure it out. Okay. I'll be back in a second. Here it comes, okay. Jen. Okay. Yeah, but I, right. okay, okay, we're fine. So, um, so I was out, okay, so I'm going to start the story again so they can do a hard cut. All right, all right. So I was in California, and I love Tony, and I love Kristen Krantz, and so Kristen said, hey, why don't we do a dinner with my mother-in-law and you so you can you can ask her stuff? Because I'm always, like, getting intel from Kristen and Tony. I'm like, you know, Tony. And, and, and Tony is a wonderful writer-producer and, I mean, and a director. He's a wonderful everything. And his wife, Kristen, she's another creative. Ran a huge animation company. Anyway, brilliant people. But I made a list on a little – I'm in the hotel, on the hotel thing, all the things I wanted to ask, and I'm going to share this with you. Not all the things, but this is the What's important up? one. I'm going, to say, I'm going to share this one because this is apropos of our conversation about the current president and people in general in this culture. I said to her, I said to her, I, I, I want you to give me kind of your rules. And, she, and I, she said, number one, she said no one to get out. She began writing when she was 50 and she finished when she was 70 huh but she asked me about my process and i and i'm going to say this to you because it's true i'm a seven day a week writer i'm not a five day a weeker or four day a weeker or when the muse hits me i don't even understand what that is i come at it just like my grandmother in a factory doing piecework okay i know exactly what i'm going to be doing that week and Mm -hmm. i have it all i have Mm -hmm. the time cordoned off every single day and she said, "Well, you work like me. If you're seven days a week, she goes, you got to pick a t- you got to pick a date to get out." She said, "Because you'll be ground up in it." And I thought, huh. "Oh, that's interesting." Now, she was enormously in the. I, I will never sell what she sells. 
it, she's enormous. I mean, it was multi, multi, multi millions. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's 50 million, mm -hmm. might be a hundred million books. I don't even know. And I thought about her sitting there seven days a week and she had a really great marriage. And luckily when she picked her date of 70, her age of 70, she had about eight more years with her husband and he was oh, her wow. producer. So they were like in lockstep. Yeah. But I thought about it and I thought, and she still did speeches sometimes and she yeah. did things, but she really lived the life she wanted to live. And I tell you this because if you're a seven day a week, anything, you know, Barbara Kingsolver left my house the other night and she said, Adri, take a vacation. Why don't you take a vacation? She said, you should, you've earned it. Well, in my family, everybody was self-employed. Now I'm gonna, I want to know about yours. Everybody in my family was self-employed. And th this is what I grew up with. The truck isn't going to make it to New York with the goods that we put on the thing. Uh, or, or the ladies in the factory sewed the sleeves on backwards. We have to rip them apart and start over again. The middleman's coming down from New York, and we're going to have him over to dinner. When, uh, bring in the bankers. My father yeah. needed a loan. He brought yeah. in the bankers. And yeah. my mother made spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, this is – and so somebody said to me, what kind of vacations did you have as a kid? And I said, well, we'd go see my grandmother and, and we washed everybody's cars. Gosh. We you, your cars. mother was a librarian though. Yes. My mother was a librarian, but mother, she had seven so children. Like had, you, she had a slew of kids, but yeah. she didn't work after she married my father in oh, the library. Is that so? But my mother created the architecture library at the University of Notre Dame and and they just gave her another award because without my mother, there would be no accredited architecture program at the University of Notre Dame. And they now admit that. This young woman, my mother created it. I mean, my mother, but it was all about my dad. I'm from a patriarchal Italian-American family. Right. Well, I, I'm from a patriarchal and family I, I too, but I'm, you yeah. came from a functional family. And I came from... I have more of the traditional novelist story is that when I went to the library and saw your mother or the equivalent of your mother, I was getting out of uh, Dodge. I mean, I was getting away from that apartment where things were always on the verge of boiling over, you know, where people Did drank Did somebody drink? Was there a drinker oh, in there? Both of them were drinkers. Um, both of them were... I mean, I think they must have been in love, but they were wildly combative, and they didn't really count the costs of that. And they were wildly social also in that way that people in the 60s were. They were always going to dinner parties and stuff like that. That always, that mm -hmm. must have been like something from a John Cheever story because people were always falling in the pool or, or running off with someone's Jackie, but or, don't you... Don't Holy you see hell. it now again? I, I think it's because the majority of Americans are over the age of 50. I, my husband and I see this all the time. We're going, we went to see Merrily. We were rolling along the other day and yeah. everybody was drinking. Everybody had a cocktail at two o'clock in the afternoon. Everything people to are, excuse people to hit the bar. What is happening? I don't know, but I live they on- They drink on morning television. What, huh. What's happening yeah. here? I mean, in the, one of the restaurants in town, it says Chatham, Massachusetts, a small drinking village with a fishing problem. 
And that is absolutely true. People drink like religion on Cape Cod. Okay, we don't have much time left, but I want to ask one thing. And I will volunteer mine, okay? Yeah, because I have a question for you, too. What's your most treasured possession, literary possession? I mean, do you have a certain book? Do you have a certain thing that means more to you than anything? I do. I have an extensive... I could be the New York Public Library. Every book has rooms, and I collect signed books. Oh, me too. I and have a I, special candy have... with glass on it that, that... Okay, good, because I don't yeah. have... I'm trying to get that right now. My husband's now. a carpenter. No, have... He'll build you one. I need him to come down. I think we have an architect designing it, because I, 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 I want to be able to look at them, you know, and really get on a ladder and, you know. Yeah. I will tell you my most prized literary possession is my Edna Ferber collection and I have I think four signed books of hers that I collected like one of them's from Michigan I got them all over the Midwest if you haven't been to Ohio to um Loganberry Books Harriet I Logan's have though bookstore in Shaker Heights in Shaker that Heights I used to teach before I die I that store, that bookshop, she has historical she's she has vintage books next to brand new books. So your novel would be next to something that she thinks curates it, but there's huh. room after room of it. And sometimes I just call her and go, Harriet, just load me up. That's good. Yeah. And I'm looking at him right now and you know, Maurice Chevalier's uh autobiography. <laughs> you know, I, I love anything with theater and show business oh, me and stuff too. and she sends me those. Okay, well, you have to come because all I right, have Ginger right. Here's Rogers. My most fa- my most I have fa- them all. This was a gift to me from my agent. My favorite book is A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. It is the Ooh. story of a poor girl. Story. It's my story, except for that. Um, and her parents weren't quite as bad as mine. Um, but it is... I, lo- I love everything about it. I love everything she says about writing and about books, blah, blah, blah. My agent, for my birthday one year, gave me a, first ed- a signed first edition of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and there were letters from the author to her agent stuck in the pages of the book. And every oh, time I think about that. That's valuable. That is just, valuable. Well, it has, it is Holy a price it's beyond a rubies. Talking about her fears about the publication and her fears about the movie. And um, uh, it, it, I just treasure it. Sometimes I just go down and look at it when the great Betty times Smith. are hard. When times are hard. Anyway, you are a dolly for doing this with me. And I don't know when we'll I see loved every again. second of it. I want you to answer one more question before okay. you go. Well, we might have answered it. I think we I think we, I think we are at a good about stopping about, place, my dear. I think we're at a really good stopping place. I don't place. know when this I'm going to see you so again, but fun. it's not going to be 10 years. No, let's not like wait 10 years. No, let's no. Like, let's like wait 10 days. You are 10 the days? very, 10 hours. very best. You are the best of us. I feel the same way about you, and I'm just so... Uh, one of the things that thrills me, and I and I hope that you you remind yourself every day 
that you're still in it. And to be still in it means you still have so much left to say and you must never leave it well, because we need you. I Maybe I should make myself a checkout day like that person, but I'm not going to do what you I don't said. Know. I, I don't know I, what else I would do. do you know, I, I, it's the only thing I've ever done. It's the only thing I know how to do. Anyway, bye, sweetheart. Mwah. Hugs and kisses.